The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. Josh Jelinski is the president of Wealth Quarterback, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm located in New Jersey. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm or its representatives by securities regulators, nor is it an indication that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Investment advisory services may only be provided to clients in jurisdictions in which the firm and its representatives are appropriately registered or exempt from registration. You should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this broadcast serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product, or any non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this broadcast will be profitable. Equal any corresponding indicated historical performance level or levels be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation or prove successful. Past performance is not indicative of future result. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback LLC. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Quarterback coming to you live, taking your questions on every financial question you have. Whatever questions you have, no question is a dumb one, except the one that you do not ask. So call me live right now, 800-321-0710. If you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, we got a lot to talk about. But I always want to hear from you, our listener friends. So pick up the phone right now and give us a call. 800-321-0710. That's 800-321-0710. If you have questions on whatever financial topic you want to discuss, now is the time to chime in. This is one of the only shows where you call the host, ask any financial education question you have, and we answer it for you. But I need to hear from you now. 800, phone lines fill up quickly, 321-0710. We're talking about a ton of things today. Uh, a brief history of dollar hatred. Also, the S&P 500 enters bull market as tech rally resumes we're going to give you a market wrap up and uh, china's inflation stays near zero as economic recovery stalls and what that may mean for your portfolio and these lesser known tax tips may help college bound families so i want to hear from you right now give us a call 800-321-0710 college is a major expense for many families, but a payment strategy can provide tax savings, according to a college funding expert. This is from CNBC's How to Save on Taxes When Paying for College. 
Educational funding can be complicated, especially when you're juggling eligibility for college tax credits risk. The American Institute of Certified Public Accountants said at their annual conference in Las Vegas, the American Opportunity Tax Credit offers a maximum of $2,500 per undergraduate student for up to four years. And the Lifetime Learning Credit expands to graduate and professional degrees worth up to two k per eligible student per year. However, you can't double dip tax breaks by claiming one of these credits and withdrawing money from a 529 college savings plan for the same expense. So to claim the full value of the credit, you'll need to plan ahead to cover a portion of tuition using income, loans, or other eligible sources. So it's kind of my point of a 529 is not all it's cracked up to be. That would be the point for college savings. I'm not against it, but if you have a 529 for a child or grandchild, there are more strategic ways to save for college that can help them get some of these extra credits besides a 529. The American Opportunity Tax Credit, I'm going to repeat this point because it's important, offers a maximum of 2500 per undergrad student for up to four years. And the lifetime learning credit expands to graduate and professional degrees worth up to 2K per eligible student per year. What you pay does not equal what it costs you. For example, let's say you're considering three ways to cover a $30,000 college expense, your cash flow, a 529 plan, or student loans. If your effective tax rate is 35% and you pay for college with 30K of after-tax dollars, it actually costs you 46,000. You may tap a 529 plan, which may have grown from 18,000 of contributions. For example, and can provide tax-free withdrawals for eligible expenses. So a 529 might be better than purely paying it from income. While taking out student loans may seem counterintuitive, the strategy may offer tax-free loan forgiveness for certain future nonprofit and government employees. Also, hey, you never know, maybe AOC is the president next time, or the time after that, and they do some type of expanded Biden student loan forgiveness plan. What's more, student loans may provide other benefits like the ability to claim the American Opportunity Tax Credit or establishing credit for the student. Now, some of you have done a disservice to yourself by trying to simplify noting that many families default to a 529 withdrawal without analyzing other options. How to weigh 529 plan withdrawals. When it comes to 529 plans, there's also the choice of whether to spend the money now or preserve it for family members such as other children or even grandkids. Starting in 2024, changing the law, allows families to roll qualifying unused funds into a Roth IRA with limitations. 
While the SECURE Act expanded qualified education expenses for federal taxes, some states don't recognize these costs for state tax purposes. For example, K-12 through education is not a qualified expense in New York. If your withdrawal exceeds your qualified expenses or you take money after the year expenses were incurred, you may owe extra taxes and a penalty. There's also a risk the state may recapture any state tax deduction previously received. Here's the point. Going it alone can be cumbersome and you might lose tax credits when planning for college expenses. Call me now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 to get your free college funding review. If you have a 529 for your kids or grandkids, you want to call us, 888-988-JOSH. Also, we're taking your calls on All Matters Financial at 800 321 That's 800 321 Now, IRAs in the 10-year rule, very confusing for some of you who are inheriting IRAs after the new rule called Secure Act 2.0. So there was a shocking new grab by the government for what amounts to many of you's biggest financial uh, plan, which is your IRA. Most of you put a lot of your money in pre-tax vehicles. So a lot of you are going to inherit pre-tax vehicles, either from a spouse or an elderly parent. For deaths in 2020 or later, a non-eligible designated beneficiary of an IRA is subject to the 10-year rule, meaning the account must be emptied by the end of the 10th year after the year of death. So if you're inheriting money from a non-spouse, a general rule is by the end of the 10th year, this is if they died in 2020 or later, it must be completely emptied out by end of the 10th year. In its proposed Secure Act regulation, the IRS takes the position that when the death occurs on or after the required beginning date, this is from irahelp.com, so that the 10-year rule is not as simple as just spend it all by the end of the 10th year. They add another twist. The IRS is taking this position when death occurs on or after April 1 of the year after a person turned 73, an NEDB, that's a non-eligible designated beneficiary, must also take annual RMDs in years one through nine of the 10-year period. A lot of people said, hey, uh, isn't it the 10-year rule? Well, there's the 10-year rule if you're basically 72 or younger when you die, but there's an RMD in years one through nine if you die 73 or after once, you know, basically 2020 or later since this new rule 
was created. This is insidious because it's confusing. The 10-year rule was simple. And I didn't like it because it ended one of the biggest middle, middle class tax breaks known as the stretch IRA. But you know what? I don't make the rules here. I'm just helping you to follow them. So, folks, if you have an IRA or you just inherited an IRA or plan on inheriting an IRA, you need an estate plan. You know, people get a will or a trust from an attorney. And I'm not an attorney not giving legal or tax advice. But you know what? You need a plan for your IRAs and 401ks when you pass as well. It is a distinct plan. And in many cases, you know, you go to an attorney, they say, put a trust on. That's generally the wrong advice because then you can't do any of these 10-year stretches and the like. What happens when the tax man comes for your IRA? In 2020, a new law was created that has devastating consequences for many of your IRAs or 401ks. Call us at 888-988-JOSH for the free book, Retirement Reality Check. In our 45-minute review, we'll show you more ways to increase your after-tax investment returns. We'll also show you how to plan to avoid stealth taxes this year. And a devastating new law just has been enacted with serious consequences for anyone holding an IRA, pension, or 401k. Fortunately, there are still steps you can take to plan. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-5674 for the free review. And we'll take your calls right now at 800 321-0710, 321-0710, if you have questions, as one of my beloved listeners says, it's breakfast with Josh, the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Here we go. Now we're talking, now I like to say that if RMDs have been turned on, they cannot be turned off. So that's one way to remember this insidious new rule. If the original IRA owner died before the RBD and you were not yet taking lifetime RMDs, then there are no RMDs in years one through nine for the NEDB. Why? Why is this important? Because RMDs were never turned on. That allows you to grow your money tax-free for 10 years and you get a big walloping tax bill in year 10. However, if that same IRA owner died on or after the RBD, which is generally April 1 of the year, most of you turned 73. That same NEDB would have RMDs in years 1 through 9 of the 10-year period because RMDs had been turned on. Whatever is left in the account at the end of year 10 is considered the total final RMD. So 100% of the account must be exhausted. This requirement of annual RMDs when an account owner dies on or after the RBD stems from a rule sometimes called the at least as rapidly rule or ALAR. While the ALAR rule does not require the same amount that was taken by the IRA owner to also be taken by the beneficiary, it does require that the process of taking RMDs continue. This is a key point. 
a law is not a function of amount. It is a function of frequency. So let's give an example. Abe, age 80, died last year in 2022. The beneficiary of his traditional IRA is his daughter, Martha. Martha is an NEDB, because she's not his wife, and will have to take annual RMDs from the inherited IRA in 2023 through 2031. That is years one through nine of the 10-year period. Also, the remaining inherited IRA account balance must be distributed by December 31 of 2032. Martha will use her own single life expectancy to calculate her initial RMD. She is 56 and 23. The corresponding factor is 30.6. Martha will subtract one from this factor in each successive year. Isn't that confusing? I mean, how is an average person going to know this? That's why you need us. Call us, 888-988-JOSH. Application of the ALAR rule within the 10-year period has been controversial. And it is possible, but unlikely, that the IRS will change its mind in its final regulations. While the law becomes bounces a reader from legal section to legal section, the IRS does seem to have justification in the tax code for requiring annual RMDs in this situation. In reference to a law, I have been asked more than a few times, what does the law say? Knowing that I'm about to take a person on a guided journey through pages upon pages of legislation, my response is the same, buckle your seatbelt. This is a long and winding road. Of course, the example we just gave is pretty easy and clean. Real-life scenarios will be countless and numerous. How old was the IRA owner when he or she died? What was the RMD age then? Was this a traditional or a Roth? Is this a successor beneficiary situation? Yes, if a beneficiary turned RMDs on, regardless of how old the original IRA owner was, the law dictates the successor. And if you have an adult child with special needs, they get to do the old stretch. What do I think it should be? I think it should be you have 10 years to empty it. That was what was passed. Not all these other variables. It was to try to simplify things. So here's the thing. If you want to take one-tenth each year, you know that you're going to spread your tax bill over 10 years. If you want to wait till the end of the 10th year, you're going to, government's going to have a big windfall at the end of the 10th year. I think they passed it with that original intention in mind. And then the IRS shows, hey, we're going to be losing tax revenue for the next nine years. So, I mean, I think they should bring back the old one. You had an RMD every year. In a sense, the government had an annuity. The stretcher IRA worked for countless people. This rule was really created because there was talk that Mitt Romney had like a $100 million IRA. Think of the time it was like $60 million, $68 million, but factoring growth in today would be $100 million. And the idea was these rich people are using that as a loophole, kind of like a trust for the rich. But in reality, that wasn't the case because they would still have to pay taxes on that every day, every year. So as we talked about before, a law is not a function of amount, but a function of frequency. 
overlay this on the 10-year rule, and we'll ultimately land on the proper beneficiary payout structure. That was easy. Next, we have Bill, who's a good dad. Go ahead, Bill. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I have a I have a little bit of a complicated situation. I'll try to explain it. Um, I have um, an IRA, uh, various IRAs that I've had over the years. First of all, I'm 66 years old. Be 60, 60, uh, just reached my full Social Security retirement. Um, my wife is a retired government employee, and she has a thrift incentive. My question is, um, as we uh, move along, uh, what is the situation of how can I protect money that I only have one one son, um, that I want to protect the money and not have him hit a tremendous liability, tax liability, when uh, the good Lord calls me home? Well, that's easy. You have many different options. Number one, you could leave life insurances tax-free. Number two, you could leave Roths, which are tax-free. Number three, you can leave um, IRAs, but that's taxable. That could be problematic. Uh, But a third option is stocks that don't pay a dividend. That way you're not paying tax and money you're not spending or funds. And then whatever growth happens, according to current tax law, you die with a step-up in basis. So those are three ways to leave your son without a tax bill. Life insurance, Roths, stocks, ETFs, or funds that don't have a dividend within a brokerage account. That way, when you die, he gets a step-up in basis. You may also want to look into trusts, and you may want to look into... Uh, long-term care hybrid policies so that if you or your wife have an end-of-life illness, you don't lose everything to a nursing home. Does that help you? I have that kind of – we've kind of gone over every every aspect, and, uh, and, and, and I actually have a portion of my uh, investment is money that I inherited from my dad. And I'm taking an R uh, required minimum distribution yearly on that, and the balance never goes down, uh, even after I take the uh, the RMD. Um, we use that to pay our property taxes, which is an amazing concept. But anyway, that's another story. But um, you know, I just never thought in my lifetime I would amass the amount of money that we have gotten. Uh, I've taken all my uh, IRAs that I have money that I have in IRAs. And I have put them into CDs uh, through Fidelity, let's say Fidelity and or Vanguard. Um, I've taken them completely out of the market because um, over the course of time, I lost maybe $150,000 out of the portfolio. And I said, that's enough. So I converted it all to CDs. Now, the interesting thing with Vanguard or Fidelity, you get CDs that are a lot better than you can walk into a bank and get. For example, um, I've got some Goldman Sachs that are paying 4.8% CD for six months or one-year CDs. So, um, you know, I'm positioned in that respect that I have a guaranteed uh, return each and every month based on the CD value, not on the market. Um, 
And we also had life insurance on the side, different policies for my wife and myself. My wife also had taken out a couple of years ago a long-term health care program, uh, you know, from nursing homes, coverage, and stuff like that. So, you know, between all the accounts uh, and then regular bank accounts that I have, we, we, we've got over $2.1 million. That's ridiculous. But that's another story. Well, that's a great problem, and we help many of you. We call them, you know, the millionaire next door, the middle-class millionaire. Uh, people who, you know, they started saving religiously for 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe they worked for the government. Maybe they worked as a teacher. Maybe they were an entrepreneur, and you've amassed more than you ever thought possible. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And your well, many years ago, greatest- you know, you'd have this conversation. I was an office manager, and when we started 401Ks and things like that, you know, we're in our 30s or late 20s and early 30s, you say, hey, listen, uh, we're opening up a 401K, and we're doing a 50% match. And then people would say, oh, man, I can't afford to take $25 out of my paycheck each week. I'm living nickels and dimes. Well, okay. Well, you're not taking $25 because when you take the tax out of it, in other words, the pre-tax dollars, you may be talking $15 a week. So the other thing is, you're not always going to be 25 and 30 years old. You're eventually, Lord willing, you're going to get to where you're 60, 65, 70 years old. Now, you start putting money away at 20, 25 years old, it multiplies out and it becomes an amazing situation. But now I I deal with some of the people. I've still been maintained friendships with some of the people that I knew 30 years. and They're struggling because they're trying to figure out, well, uh, Social Security. Well, Social Security is not going to cut it. You know, it, it never was a design to ca- to cover you for, for old age. There was just a portion of it. So uh, there was a lot of different things that we did. And we didn't we didn't um, say scrimp and, 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 and do without. We also bought U.S. savings bonds once, you know, once a month. We used to buy, spend like 50 bucks and get a hundred dollar U.S. savings bond. Well, now they're all maturing. So each and every year. I, in January, I, I go to the bank and they tell you can't deposit more than twelve. We can only take five at a time. So I had turned them in. They're like about twenty four hundred dollars each each and every year that that that, that goes on. And I, if I <laughs> I have till twenty forty five before the last one finally matures. Now, hopefully, I can make it. But, um, you know, that's the kind of situation. But, you know, when you say the 10 year rule, for example, in one uh, in my fidelity, for example, I've got over half a million dollars in there. So that means my son, Lord willing, your son uh, will inherit, not be the benefit. Your son uh, will not be the beneficiary of what you were with your parents. That's the big point. So you, in a sense, got an annuity every year from mom and dad when you inherited their IRA. Does that make sense? Well, I inherited my father's IRA, yes. Now, when you leave it, you're basically leaving a 10-year tax bill. Now, sure, it's a nice sum of money. They're not going to refuse it. But you have to act now so that it's a blessing to them, hopefully, you know, 20-plus years from now or even 10-plus years from now. Does that make sense? And you were you were going to say something. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, you, you're saying, in other words, you're talking about the money I inherited from my dad? No, no. Okay, well, the, the amount you inherited from the, 
your dad's pretty much, yeah, that'll have its own schedule. But what I'm talking about is if you have $2 million in IRAs, they will have no, to spend. Two, not necessarily $2 million in IRAs. Well, give me the $2 round million in total assets, whatever. Half a million in IRAs, million in IRAs. And then the thrift is included. So let's save a million dollars in the thrift savings plan, TDA, IRA, whatever tax deferred alphabet soup investment you have. 403Bs would also count, 401Ks. If you have a million in there or half a million, they're going to have to have an RMD. Now, it's a factor, and you have to divide a number into a number. But let's say for round numbers, it's 50 grand the first year, 50 grand the second, 50 grand the third, 50 grand the fourth, 50 grand the fifth, 50 grand the sixth. It actually goes up every year because the factor – And by the end of the 10th year, all of that money hacks has to be recognized as ordinary income. So whereas before a thrift savings plan, an IRA, a TDA was a great thing to inherit, now it's just going to be a big tax loophole. And it will still be nice to inherit, but I would say over your lifetime, you want to be converting the IRAs to Roth coupled with getting maybe even more insurance and then the money that you are putting to various vehicles you want to put into things that don't pay a dividend stocks that can grow tax deferred and then when you pass they actually pass tax free and yeah we do a lot with fidelity and schwab as well so a lot of people don't i mean i i just went shopping for somebody, I got 5.2% on a, you know, whatever, 10-year CD. So, yeah, you can get a lot of good stuff if you want to get better rates, uh, better fixed prevailing rates than what you're used to. Call us now, 888-988-JOSH, or Bill, I'd be happy to meet with you. Go over a plan for your IRAs, and then if you don't mind, we can hold you on through the break. i let you go past the nine, uh, the 30-minute spot because it was such a great uh, segment. But if you want to comment or question more, we'll hold you on until the next segment. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, for the free 45-minute wealth game plan. We'll be back after these messages. Tune in to the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski, this weekend and learn how to protect your financial future in a down economy. Josh and his team at the Jelinski Advisory Group can help you lower your taxes and lower your risk in these uncertain times with a 27-point checklist designed to improve your financial health. Whether you're worried about runaway prices, fear of an upcoming recession, or a stock market meltdown, tune in to the financial quarterback and count on Josh Jelinski to call the play. For a free copy of Josh's book, The Retirement Reality Check, call 888-988-5674. That's 888-988-5674. Or visit Jalinski.org. That's J-A-L-I-N-S-K-I.org. Bill, uh, any other comments or questions on that? My mom used to say, uh, if you don't have any money, you don't have any problems. More money, more but, problems. Um, but, that, but it's a good problem to have. Yes. Well, I guess so. It it certainly it, it certainly um, uh, beats the alternative. Um, but you know, it's just trying to position yourself that you're not going to be uh, you know dumped into a, a situation where 
you know, um, my wife and I, so hopefully one of us goes before the other, the other one will inherit, and then there'll be possibly some time to move some money around or do whatever we have to do. Plus, there's also regular money. If I'm not mistaken, I think you can take $10,000 a year per person and that, that give it to another, give it to, like, say, give it to my son without any, any uh, particular uh, liability or any issue. Am I correct in that? I believe the gift uh, limit for 2023 is 17K. So that's 17K per marriage. Each person. So you can give 17, your wife can give 17. But that's the point I'm trying to stress. You don't Mm -hmm. wait till a first spouse passes. No, definitely not. No, no. We're we're, we're trying to. What happens? We're trying to. As is many people I hear. One spouse goes, you know, like my mother died. They were married 50 plus years. My mother went on to be with the Lord in. My father uh, went to the Lord in May. Then my mother passed like seven months later. So, and, you know, you're grieving. You don't have really time to mentally think about money. And that's typically what I see. So what are some things you could do? You can gift into a trust. And you want to make sure that trust holds insurance or things that get the step up in basis. You also want to consider uh, tax-free investing. You also want to look at, you know, so if you have just a round number, we were using 500,000 for the 10-year rule, taking 50 grand out every year over 10 years. Now, I want to be clear, that's not the rule exactly. It's, it's based on a divisor. But instead right. of taking, let's say, 50 grand out over 10 years, maybe you pull 25 grand out over 20 and you Roth 25 right. each year. Or there's little things you can do to maximize what benefit they get tax free. So I hope that Understood. helps. So this has been a great segment, Bill. And if you or any of our listeners want a second opinion on your wealth, call us 888 Josh. Okay, Bill? Okay. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Be well. Thank you. Wonderful segment. 888-988-5674. The whole idea is you maybe fell into other, another interesting point about Bill's call. And I love having listeners share their story. You notice he said, I didn't really miss the 25 bucks a month or 25 bucks a pay they took out. And it really starts with saving 5 or 10% of your pay religiously into a workplace retirement plan. And you don't really miss it. Just learn to live on a little bit less. And it's for savings. You don't need to come up with some fancy schmancy budget or a budget that's hard to follow. Just learn to save 10% of your income, 15% of your income. If you're saving zero, save 5% of your income in your retirement plan. And watch it blossom. But you might say, Josh, I'm older. And I don't have much. You know what? That's why you don't have much. You didn't save then. And yes, it's going to be harder if you're 55 or 65 and new to saving. But hey, 100 grand in an emergency is better than 2 million. Is it not? Then better than zero. Is it not? So folks, you you can't say, oh, I don't have as much as that guy. You got to make what you have more efficient and effective. 
You can put $500 a month away into a Roth. You can do it. Call us, 888-988-JOSH. We can help. So this week, we've had a rally in tech stocks pushing the S&P 500 higher past the low of October. This is a bit of a misleading stat because the market is not up 20%. It's basically flat for the last two years. However, it is 20% above what it was in October. Also of note of why this, you know, you're, you're seeing this headline. You might be like, my portfolio is not that up that much. That's because it's one index, the S&P 500. The Dow is relatively flat. And if you're a senior retiree, you know, you got CDs, you got bonds, you got a diversified portfolio. You're lucky if you're up 5%. Why is that? It's because Fangman or Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA, and Tesla, Fangmant, those stocks really are representing a large portion of the gains of the market. So... What's kind of funny is if you're retired, you always hear, hey, you should be putting your money into stocks that don't have a lot of risk. Those stocks, more of the industrials, the dividend payers, dividend payers, um, I was looking her down about 7%, according to Yahoo Finance, uh, looking at symbol DVY, which is a, a basket of dividend paying stocks within an ETF that we own for some clients, and it's a great long-term hold. But, uh, you know, the point is you can't, like, if you're a dividend payer type of investor, that is distinct from a tech growth sector. A jump in jobless claims to the highest since October 21 delivered a boost to the tech sector, which had been flagging under speculation the Fed will keep interest rates higher for longer. The jump in claims shows the labor market, while largely resilient, is starting to show signs of cooling. It's still at pretty low levels in terms of initial claims, but maybe the fact that it's perked up on a week-over-week basis gives the Fed a little bit more fodder to pause next week, said Emily Rowland of John Hancock. I'm going to tell you, you know, that's positive news, positive spin. I think it's negative spin. If you look whenever there is a low in jobless claims, and we've had a lot of data that I've seen over the years by Stan Harley that if you have an uptick in unemployment from a previous low, you're about six months away typically from another decline in the stock market. So... Will this rally continue? Perhaps till December, but I'm really concerned about 2024 and that it looks like we might be headed to some type of recession. And this is the thing. The Fed is trying to raise rates so that the labor market cools and inflation cools. But what if inflation doesn't cool? We're going to have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. That's why you need to get your portfolio review now, 888-988-JOSH. The S&P 500 added 0.6%, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ 100 rose 1.3% as chip makers were among the biggest gainers amid the frenzy in stocks linked to AI. Adobe Inc. 
also gained 5% on plans for a new AI subscription with copyright services. Investors are reassessing the trajectory of Fed policy after central banks in Australia and Canada this week unexpectedly raised rates. Traders had fully priced in another hike by July on Wednesday. However, Krishna Guha of Evercore said market moves based on those central bank actions should fade. The Fed is the price setter here. The others are the price takers, and we should not confuse the two. They are raising rates in part because they think the Fed will hike once more, and if they fail to match this, they risk foreign exchange depreciation. In Europe, the stock's 600 index ended little changed, with SBB, the company at the center of Sweden's property crisis, down 12%. In currencies, the yen strengthened after Japan's economy grew faster than expected in the first quarter. The Turkish lira stabilized against the dollar after state lenders lenders began supporting the currency again. So here's my point. We are not out of the woods yet. The S&P is up but most other indexes are down. China's inflation remain close to zero in May, sparking concerns on a falling spiral in prices and prompting the central bank to come out to downplay the worries on the economic outlook. China does not look good. China looks, in fact, like it's going down. Producer prices declined 4.6%. So you have a tick up in jobless claims in the U.S., You have producer prices declining in China and people like, oh, good news. That's good news because that means the Fed is going to cool rates. No, I think we're maybe in a new normal of higher rates. Now, if you're a senior, whoa, greatest time to be a senior in like the last 15 years. Why? Rates are now up on your fixed accounts. So give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, if you want help with that. Okay, so give us a call now, 800-321-0710. That's 800-321-0710 if you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, whatever question you have. I need you to call us, 888-988-JOSH. You need to call us. Forget me. I'd love to hear from you on this show, 800-321-0710. We have room for about one more caller. But I want to really hear from you on your own personal situation. What are you doing in light of this recession? We talked to another guy. He said, hey, I'm moving to better fixed returns. And you know what? I'm worried about this new 10-year rule and its implications. What about you? Call us at 888-988-JOSH for the free review. So we're talking the U.S. is down. Now, uh, inflation is ruining your retirement in four key ways. Inflation has got you down. What do you do? Well, we're here, here with you taking all of your questions at 800 321 0710. 
If you have questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, maybe you'll, you're worried that we are lurking towards a great recession. Give us a call now. 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-5674. I'd love to hear from you right now with questions on stocks, bonds, annuities, mutual funds, whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. So call us right now, 888-988-JOSH. So here's the big point. Some people are going to say a recession is over. There are many precedents in history, 2000 to 2002, Uh, is one that I remember uh, vividly, where the market would crash, then you would have these epic bear market rallies, 25%, 44%. That's what I believe we might be experiencing right now. And we might have a further rally from now to the end of the year. But I don't think we're out of the woods yet, folks. And neither do you probably. So if you want your portfolio reviewed, now is a great time to call us at 800-321-0710. Now, inflation is ruining your retirement in four ways. Four ways inflation is ruining your retirement, according to WealthAdvisor.com, TheWealthAdvisor.com. Number one, less buying power. Inflation is similar to taking a pay cut. Your money doesn't go as far as it used to at the gas pump at the grocery store, or even Costco. Then you get less income from savings. Traditional retirement accounts, for many of you, you know, you're still stuck at 0.01%, so you're getting less income from savings. Now, one solution to that is to change your bank accounts to better performing rates. So we can give you better performing cash accounts for your money. Number three, stocks are starting to rise a little bit. Some are proclaiming this is a bear market rally. It may make sense to ride the wave of enthusiasm for a little bit. However, if you're already retired and living in part of your investments, it could be time to do a rebalance of your portfolio. Make sure you're investing based on risk tolerance and not losing a fortune in fees. And for some, you may want to delay retirement. Final question by Donald. Go ahead. Josh, listen, we, uh, you know, switched from TD Ameritrade to Schwab. And the amount that went out of TD Ameritrade and into Schwab doesn't agree. I mean, it was it was quite a bit different. Hmm. And uh, what should I do? I, it just doesn't seem to be proper. Well, let's, um, it's um, much less. Let's meet this week. You can send me in a secured, encrypted uh, way your statements. We can look at well, your statement with TD from your statement with Schwab. A lot of you were happy with TD. Now they're moving to Schwab. Maybe you're not happy. Maybe you want a second opinion. And yeah. uh, we, we work with custodial firms like Schwab and Fidelity and interactive brokers. Hey. So we can call them and figure out, hey, what happened? 
So all right, now what? How do you want me to send them? Do, do you have a fax number or something? Yeah, you can fax them to us, and yeah. just call our office. Uh, you know, this today eight at eight nine at eight. Josh, schedule no obligation review, and then we will tell you how to send the encrypted form via fax. So, yeah, that's also good. When whenever you're sending and, statements uh, via email or fax. Always make sure you're either faxing it or getting an encryption email, an encryption-based email. And then, you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. I, I don't think there's a big problem, though. I think it's easily solvable. We're helping a lot of people as they're transitioning from TD to Schwab. Some don't like Schwab. They like Fidelity better. You know, some like Fidelity better. Some like Schwab better. We give you custodial freedom when working with us. But yeah, TD was bought by Schwab, so that's a big, uh, big deal. They, they had bought it years ago, but they kept TD kind of alive, and now they're, they're switching it over. The preceding program was sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group. Any awards, rankings, or recognition by unaffiliated third parties or publications, including five-star wealth manager, advisory of the year finalist by senior market advisor, and top of the million-dollar roundtable are in no way indicative of the advisor's future performance or any individual client's investment success. No award, ranking, or recognition should be construed as a current or past endorsement of Josh Jelinski or Wealth Quarterback, LLC. Information regarding specific awards, rankings, or recognitions is available on the Wealth Quarterback website at Jelinski.org. All investments strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Investment strategies such as asset allocation, diversification, or rebalancing do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. There are no guarantees that a portfolio employing these or any other strategy will outperform a portfolio that does not engage in such strategies. This broadcast should not be construed by any client or prospective client as a solicitation to affect or attempt to affect transactions and securities or the rendering of personalized investment advice. Due to various factors, including including changing market conditions, the information discussed in this broadcast may no longer be reflective of current positions or recommendations. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Josh Jelinski and Wealth Quarterback do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. The tax and estate planning information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC.